Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. Coretta Scott King. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We are a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be, you Star, Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by Guide Star and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be the Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported Be the Star You Are over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit us at www.btsya.com. That's www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. That's iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Rose Sarner, and today's show will be all about the importance of enriching urban communities. Today, I will be sharing some ways organizations have been enriching their local communities to better urban food systems, and I'll talk a little bit about ways you can do it at home, too. Now, let's get into it. Like I said, I'm back with my segment, Bite Share, where I discuss urban food policy, the importance of food access, and nutrition in general. I'm going to start off by sharing the importance of enriching our local communities. First off, strengthening social connectedness develops one's sense of belongingness in their community, positively impacting their health and well-being. Enriching communities establishes social innovation, by creating moments of connection outside of individuals' daily lives and the busyness of society as a whole. Spending time enriching your community is extremely important because there are so many companies that are taking the time and money to benefit the world when in reality, there's little being done in one's local community. Therefore, it is up to you to make the difference in creating change in your community. Today, I wanted to highlight some businesses and organizations that are making a difference in local communities and enriching them for the better. The first example is Eco Urban Gardens, and their mission is to combat food insecurity through urban agriculture and regenerative living. They teach people how to grow food and care for the environment through principles of 
permaculture and archaeology to create healthy and sustainable communities. Furthermore, they build healthy communities to growing food organically, using regenerative agriculture practices, and cultivating gardens and green spaces to create a sustainable environment. And thoughtfully design and install drought-tolerant landscapes with California native plants to build soil, attract pollinators, clean out cleaner air, and ultimately transform urban habitats into a thriving ecosystem. Urban Gardens is an incredible organization that highlights the importance of small steps in one's communities. Many people could start their own sustainable garden or sustainable practices in their own homes. And enriching urban communities can be seen in various forms. Another form could be activating for your favorite candidate that is running a campaign in your local community. I think I've mentioned this before on a different episode, but I worked for my local city council representatives campaign a couple summers ago, and it was truly an incredible experience. I was drawn to her campaign because she prioritized taking care of the homeless crisis in the greater Los Angeles area that I believe needed extreme attention. And she ran on a campaign that spread awareness of the need to provide the homeless not only with housing, but the proper resources and assistance in order for them to escape the homeless cycle for good. After all, these cycles and these devastating times really stem from not having access to proper resources and education. Like I've mentioned with food access, it really stems from not only not having access to proper like resources, like for example, with the homeless, it would be housing, but also um, not having proper education and assistance in getting there. And I don't think we should have to travel. Um, and that's another example. I think that we should be able to activate for many different things in our local community that's really important to one. And furthermore, enriching urban communities is just like what it sounds. You don't have to fit in these examples. However, these were just some examples to get one started on making their mark on their community. It truly depends on what you are passionate about and what your community needs the most. And another example is recycling food and other organic waste, which you can do from your home um, into compost, which provides a range of environmental benefits, including improving soil health and reducing greenhouse gas emissions, recycling nutrients, and mitigating the impact of droughts. So first off, I wanted to take some time to talk about composting because I think it's a topic that gets thrown around a lot. But for me, um, when I first heard of composting, I really didn't know what the concept or was or why we were doing it and how really to get started. So I'm going to talk about first what is composting. So composting is the natural process of recycling organic matter such as leaves and food scraps into a valuable fertilizer that can enrich soil and plants. Anything that grows decomposes eventually. So composting simply speeds up that process by providing an ideal environment for bacteria, fungi, and other decomposing organisms such as worms, snowbugs, and nematodes to do their work. The resulting decomposed matter, which often ends up looking like fertile garden soil, is called compost. And here are some benefits of composting. First off, it reduces the waste stream. So composting is a great way to recycle the organic waste that we generate at home. This is like 
Things like food scraps and garden waste combine to make up, and things like these food scraps and garden waste, they combine to make up more than 28% of what we throw away. So not only is food waste a significant burden on the environment, but processing it is costly. The average cost to fill landfill landfill so, solid waste in the United States was about, around 55 per ton in 2019. So you can only imagine how much it's increased since then. With COVID especially, people were at home a lot more cooking their own food waste, so it definitely went up. And with the United States generating more than 267 million tons of waste in 2017 and sending two-thirds of that to landfills, we spent billions of dollars on waste management. Composting at home allows us to divert some of that waste from landfills and turn it into something practical for our yards. Another reason why composting is so important is it cuts methane emissions from landfills. So typically when organic matter decomposes, it undergoes aerobic decomposition decomposition, meaning that it's broken down by microorganisms that require oxygen. When compostable waste goes to a landfill, it gets buried under massive amounts of other trash, cutting off a regular supply of oxygen for the decomposers. The waste then ends up undergoing anaerobic decomposition, being broken down by organisms that can live without free-flowing oxygen. During this process, biogas is created by a byproduct. This biogas is roughly 50% methane and 50% carbon dioxide, both of which are potent green ga greenhouse gases. With methane being 28 to 36 times more effective than CO2 at trapping heat in the atmosphere over a century. Although most modern landfills have meth methane capture systems, these do not capture all of gases. Landfills are a third are the third largest source of human-generated methane emissions in the United States, which is crazy to think about. And because our solid waste infrastructure was, was designed around landfilling, only about 6% of food waste gets composted. However, states, cities, and individual businesses and vendors can spearhead zero-waste strategies to increase composting and recycling waste within their jurisdictions and to keep waste from being generated in the first place. There have been many composting success stories around the country, one notable example being San Francisco. In 1996, San Francisco established a large-scale composting program, and by the 2000s, it was able to divert 50% of its waste from landfills. By increasing its goals over the year, San Francisco has been diverting more than 80% of waste from landfills since 2012. That means more than 90,000 metric tons of carbon emissions are avoided each year, equivalent to the annual greenhouse gas emissions from 20,000 passenger vehicles. Another reason why composting is so important is it improves soil health and lessens erosion. Compost is an essential tool for improving large-scale agriculture systems, and co compost contains three primary nutrients needed by garden crops, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. It also includes traces of other essential elements like calcium, magnesium, iron, and zinc. Instead of relying on synthetic fertilizers that contain harmful chemicals, composting offers an organic alternative. Research has shown the capability of compost 
to increase soils water retention capacity, productive, productivity and resiliency. So this is really important when it comes to growing your own food and making sure there's healthy um, food that you are getting and receiving at your local grocery stores and farmers market because the reality is is that food is dependent on the soil and the soil um, and how good the soil is. So the soil could be growing um, with really nutritious food scraps, which seem gross, but in reality, it's just a cycle. And the food scraps actually make your soil even richer and contain more nutrients. So in the long run, then you're eating soil that, eating foods that um, come from richer soil. So you're getting even more and more nutrients. So this is a really important when enriching your health, but also enriching your community. Um, another important fact about composting is that it reduces one's personal food waste, like I just mentioned. So consumers are responsible for a staggering amount of wasted food. An average American family of four throws, about, throws out about $150 worth of food per month, a 50% increase since the 1970s. NRDC research in three U.S. cities indicated that the category of edible food most wasted by households was fruits and vegetables. According to a 2016 report in The Guardian, U.S. retailers and consumers throw away about 60 million tons or $160 billion worth of produce annually. The best way to reduce impacts from food waste is to prevent waste from occurring in the first place. So NRDC works through its Save the Food campaign and other tools to educate consumers on how to shop for food, prepare and store food, to minimize waste. However, even if we do everything possible to decrease food waste, there will still be food scraps that cannot be consumed. For example, a banana peel. Composting is a great way to recycle those discards instead of tossing them in the trash. And really emphasizing the importance of doing what you can can make a small difference. Now I'm gonna go into explaining some different types of home composting that one can do. So composting can be done both indoors and outdoors and can be complicated or as simple as you would like. The best way for you to compost at home depends on several factors. Where you live and your availability of space, for example, if you live in an apartment um, with a smaller balcony, um, it might be you might be limited in the amount of space you want to spend with your compost, whereas if you live in a house with a large backyard, you might Think about um, having the ability to set up a larger compost bin, or even if you have a, your own home garden in your house, you could compost directly into the soil. This also depends on how much organic waste you produce, um, what kinds of organic waste you produce, whether it's kitchen and or yard waste. Um, so if you're only, like I said, only certain um, ingredients are able to be composted. So it might be um, smarter to compost in a smaller bin rather than creating a whole entire garden and composting directly in your soil if you don't produce or don't eat that many um, things that can be compost like food scraps. And also it depends on the amount of time you can spend on the composting process. Like I mentioned, you can make, a, make it as simple or complicated as you can. There are two main types of backyard composting. Cold, also known as passive composting, and hot, also known, also called active composting. 
Cold composting breaks down organic matter slowly, but it also takes the least amount of effort and maintenance. Anything organic decomposes eventually. Cold composting is just letting Mother Nature do her job and minimal intervention on your part. You do not need to worry about the ratio of compost ingredients um, or monitor the moisture level. You can kind of just let it be. Cold composting is the best process if you have a little organic waste to compost and not much time to tend to the process, and if you are not in a hurry for finished compost. However, depending on what kind of, comp of cold method you use, it can take one to two years before you get usable compost. Additionally, a cold composting process will most likely not reach a high enough temperature during decomposition to kill off pathogens. So depending on what you put in the pile, there may be some lin lingering harmful pathogenic bacteria, fungi, worms, and other parasites as well as weeds and seeds in your finished product. A cold composting process is primarily anaerobic, meaning that your discards are broken down by microorganisms that thrive in an oxygen-deprived environment. In addition to being slower to break down, cold piles may be similar, smellier, or wetter than hot piles. So like I just mentioned, cold composting, and you might have noticed composting in general, does take a long time, but I know I live in the Los Angeles area, and they actually have, um, they have, you have your trash bin, you have your um, recycling bin, and they also have composting bins. So even if you don't want to set up your own composting bin, you can still provide to the larger composting bin. And I know a lot of cities and states do this. So you can just throw all your scraps into a composting bin rather than creating your own compost at home. And this makes the process a lot easier for you too. And you're also helping the environment in a great way. So on the other hand, hot composting is a faster but more managed compost process. And this method requires attention to keep carbon and nitrogen in the optimum ratio to decompose organic waste. It also requires the right balance of air and water to attract the organisms that thrive in an oxygen-rich environment. Under ideal conditions, you could have the final compost product in four weeks to 12 months. If managed correctly, the high temperature of the pile will destroy more weeds, plant diseases, pesticides, and herbicides, plus any bug larvae or eggs. And now I'm going to go through some ways how to compost and the compost ingredients if you are an individual who wants to start composting at home. So organisms that decompose organic waste need four key elements to survive, like I mentioned, nitrogen, carbon, air, and water. Since all compostable materials contain carbon with varying amounts of oxygen, composting successfully is just a matter of using the right combination of materials to achieve the best ratio of carbon to nitrogen and, maintain, and maintaining the right amounts of air and water to yield the best results. The ideal carbon to nitrogen ratio for a compost pile is 25 to 30 parts carbon for every one part nitrogen. If your pile has too much carbon rich material, it will be drier and take longer to break down. So in conclusion, too much nitrogen rich material can end up creating a slimy, wet and smelly compost pile. Fortunately, these problems are easily remedied by adding carbon-rich or nitrogen-rich material as needed.
And nitrogen is one of the basic building blocks of life, and is it is an essential element for growth and reproduction in both plants and animals. So a higher nitrogen to carbon ratio is most commonly found in fresh organic material, often referred to as greens. Having plenty of greens in your compost pile makes sure the decomposers can grow and reproduce quickly. Some household greens you can add to your home compost piles are fresh grass, clippings, food scraps, and coffee grounds. So for me, if I was thinking about what greens I wanted to include in my compost to make sure that there's enough nitrogen, I would think about when I chop up a carrot, I would add the tops to my compost, um, thinking about also just spinach or kale that I didn't use at the end of the week when I'm going grocery shopping again. Um, another one could be the tops of strawberries. And thinking about composting, some people think that has to be like a whole piece of a fruit or a whole piece of a vegetable but the reality is a little can go a long way and you really it really depends on your food scraps so thinking about the small things you aren't using and how you can implement those into your compost another essential compound for all life form is carbon and higher portions of which can be found in brown plant material so carbon acts as a food source for decomposers helping to keep them alive while they break down waste Typical browns you can add to a compost pile include dead leaves, branches, twigs, and paper. Yeah, you can even add paper to your compost. To achieve the best carbon to nitrogen ratio in your home compost, a rule of thumb is to put in two to four parts brown material for every one part green material. Finally, like any other living organism, decomposers need oxygen and water to survive. To ensure a faster home composting process, you will need to make sure your compost system has the right amount of air and water. As mentioned above, if you are not in a rush for finishing for finished compost, you do not have to maintain your waste. The decomposition will, take, will still take place, just at a much slower pace. Optimal airflow can be achieved by layering materials, making sure your materials are in small pieces, ideally no thicker than a finger, and turning piles regularly or adding another type of system. As for water, the ideally moist household compost pile will be about as wet as a wrung out sponge. So if you're including food waste in your pile, it's likely will be wet enough, but if not, just add water. And it's really important, again, to maintain moisture, which is essential for composting. Your pile should be always feel like a wrung out sponge because too dry a pile may cause the composting process to slow down and too wet of a pile may create um, an anaerobic environment which can cause bad odors and also slow down the decomposition process. Water your pile or add more wet materials if it becomes too dry and add carbon heavy browns if it becomes too wet. So it's really important again you can use these materials to help um, cut out some if you added too much of something or too little of something it's all a cycle so multiple steps can be done to do that and i wanted to go ahead and talk about the location for your compost um so ideally the compost location is a dry and shady spot and if you live in a rainy climate avoid placing your pile or bin under places with poor drainage or else the compost may get too soggy and again cause odors 
If you live in a sunny environment, find a shady spot so it doesn't dry up too quickly and you don't have to keep adding water. To start your pile, add alternating thin layers of green and browns, ending with a layer of browns. You can keep adding materials over time until you reach the optimal height of three feet. Wet the compost pile if needed as you layer, then leave the pile alone for four days to allow initial decomposition to begin. After, which you can regularly aerate your pile or bin by turning with a pitch, by turning with a pitchfork or garden, garden fork and regularly monitoring the moisture le levels. In compost bins, um, using a bin that is the simplest and cheapest method for small scale at home composting is totally fine. Um, you can use a closed bin, um, but typically closed bins have an open bottom and you place the bin directly on a patch of soil. So the open bottom allows the nutrients in the developing compost to travel directly into the soil. And you can either buy a compost bin or you can actually build one yourself, making sure to include a removable top so you can add more compostable materials as you accumulate them. And you may even have some of these materials around the house um, and you can do a simple DIY project but um, some materials you can use are wine crates, plastic storage bins, old wooden dresser drawers, garbage cans, wire mesh, and food pallets. You can also use an open bin, like I mentioned, which require less maintenance and are better suited for to composting yard waste. And food waste may attract animals and open bins, um, which are not animal proof. An open bin can be as simply, simple as a loop of chicken wire, that allows you to dump materials in. You can even just pile materials on the ground without an enclosure. With an open bin, you have easier access to the composting material. The primary disadvantage is that materials are loosely confined and may be easily accessed by animals or insects, or they may spill out over the boundaries of the bin pile. So it's really, that was a really in-depth view of composting, but it's really important to remember that these are just some forms of ways you can enrich your urban communities. I've talked a lot about on different episodes of starting your own gardens. Um, even just enriching your communities can be look like um, supporting local businesses, supporting local farmers, um, or pretty much doing anything that will help improve um, your communities. So with that being said, unfortunately, I'm out of time for this episode, and I hope you enjoyed learning all about enriching urban communities. Um, here's some exciting, some exciting news. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially especially our audio engineer Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners, you, for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestaryouare.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Create change and enrich your community. Compost, compost, and compost. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and, as always, express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. 
Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines. If you would let yourself go, find some place you know. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens.